0: Welcome to canons on the run episode 29 a podcast out of saint norbert abbey in De Pere, wisconsin i'm frater jonathan and i'm reverend frater jordan and we're back updating you once again with things information and what we have learned in our lives as norbertines today we are recording in sunny chicago
1: yeah one of the first days of sunshine
0: mhm it's lovely but it was also really frigid this morning i went out to get the paper and I was like, "Whoop! It's twenty degrees outside." Did, did the paper end up on the porch this time, or it was it still it. <laughs> in the bushes? Sometimes it's on the on the mat. Sometimes it's on the sidewalk. But that's but okay. it's
1: usually never on the mat when it's raining or wet outside. It's
0: Correct. always in the puddle. So then we have a wet a wet paper. Yeah. That's life. So what have we been up to? Oh, hey! Speaking of the front door, shut we... the front door. <laughs> We got to greet hundreds, literally hundreds of trick or treaters on Halloween. So, when you all heard this, our most recent episode, episode 28, it aired on Halloween Day, All Hallows Eve. Yes. We um, join our neighborhood in Hyde Park in handing out candy to literally hundreds of kids and their families. So, that was a joy. We wear our habits, and it's really fun, though, to engage with people as they come because some ask, you know, what are you wearing? And so we tell them, well, we're, some of us are priests and some are studying to be priests. And they say, oh, that's cool. And then usually one of us adds, you know, but that's real life. We wear this all the time. Wait, seriously? You wear that all the time? <laughs> <laughs> so that was, a, that was a joyful evening. And then celebrating All Saints Day and All Souls Day here at the house. And then for me, that following weekend, I actually got to go and visit my hometown, Platteville, Wisconsin.
1: Oh, how joyful. It
0: was, it was. I've not been there for about a year and a half. And Platteville changes a lot right now. Like, there are new buildings that just keep popping up and things are going. Unlike Phillips. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Platteville compared to Phillips is like a booming metropolis. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The impetus for going back was because my former home parish, there are two churches together, St. Mary's and St. Augustine Parish. They had a program to honor vocations that had come out of st mary's parish specifically i grew up going to st augustine parish but they were together so i was honored at this as well so it was myself and one other seminarian but then they also recognized other vocations all in honor of vocation week Mm -hmm. so that was a fun event got to spend time with my family and visit a little bit um around platteville and then came back here and resumed life at school and getting back into the swing of things at chicago it was a nice weekend that's great yeah how about you
1: well, I, I did have a fun moment after Halloween, so I wasn't uh, big into the trick-or-treating scene, dishing out candy, I was cooking supper for the house, but on All Saints Day with Father Tom, I had the all-school mass of Francis Xavier Ward, uh, first through third graders, and it was so fun because first through third grade have so much energy, and you prepare a homily differently for little kids. And I also think that they're more forgiving. So I was willing to experiment a little bit more.
0: Nice. uh,
1: So that was really, really fun. And then another thing, like a lot of our confreres like to say, oh, isn't Chicago so great? Like being down there, there's so many things to do. And we're Mm -hmm. always kind of like, yeah, but not really because we're always busy
0: with (laughs) studies. I can't make time to go and see those things.
1: (laughs) So one of our deceased confreres, uh, Father Joseph from Hungary, Men tell stories at our abbey that Father Joseph in his retirement would go to the theater to watch like a movie several times a week of new releases. And he used to call himself a culture vulture. (laughs) Well, it feels like this last week I've been a culture vulture attending a gala at the Art Institute of Chicago, a very, very lovely evening and uh, seeing some modern art, so some Chagall and Picasso, and I felt very cultured. Yeah, well, looking, look looking you. Looking at pa- paintings, having a glass of wine. <laughs> Those you <know>. rolled right <laughs> off the
0: tongue for you, Oh, <laughs> god! Right, right,
1: Well, I've only been there once before, and so it's like I've been in Chicago now on my fourth year. So I did that, but then also for one of my classes, Science Fiction and the Spiritual Imagination, at the University of Chicago, there's a play going on right now based upon Mary Shelley's Frankenstein novel and it's a puppet show, but there's actors on stage and there's music and they use like overhead projectors Mm. and for percussion, they have different pieces of sheet metal and pots to play. So kind of like Frankenstein itself, that there's this creating something new from something old. So using old cinematography and things like that, really, really brilliant and, uh, and a lovely evening To experience, but there was also this moment that didn't feel as lovely initially. So, waiting for the doors to open to the theater, I went to the show in my habit. Mm -hmm. And as I'm waiting with my classmates for the doors to open, there was this older woman who came up to me in a very aggressive attitude, Hmm. saying, "Why are you wearing a dress?" And I was like, "Oh, okay. This is this night is off to a great start." Oh, Um, yeah! Wow. And I looked at her and she's like, oh, I know that you're a priest or whatever. I'm just giving you grief for wearing a dress. And she said, "You know, that's an ancient form of dress. Why would you wear that today? And I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is a tough conversation. This uh, lady has something going on in her life. And I just kind of stood there and took what she threw at me verbally, which eventually settled into... This calm dialogue of religion in general. She isn't a religious woman, but she has experience with people of faith of many different religions Mormon, Judaism, Muslim. And um, I said, Well, isn't, isn't that beautiful? And by the end of the conversation, she treated me like we were best friends. Wow. But this initial reaction was just boom, like coming mm. in, this going.
0: Yeah. And when you were recounting that story to me, after you'd come back from going to the show, I was really struck by that. You know, what at first could seem like just, wow, why is this person going out of her way just to try and say something mean and aggressive? But I remember as I listened, you talked about this, the end result, that the conversation seemed to calm down into just kind of two people chatting. You know, I, at least listening to you retell it, I really think that there was a lot of gift in that conversation for her, that maybe there's just steam built up from other events in her life or other instances or things that she's come to believe or not appreciate and so just getting to voice that and for you to be willing to just stay in the conversation helped a lot of that steam pressure release and so now it's a nice healthy conversation so I really think that there was a lot of gift in that conversation Mm -hmm. so after this interaction that you had this really is what got us thinking about well first of all whether we like it or not, tension's going to show up in our lives. You're talking about it was a lovely evening, except for the beginning <laughs> was a little bit intense.
1: Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is a great way to set the tone
0: mm-hmm. uh, for,
1: for this evening where I'm like, maybe I should have wore my habit uh, sure. this evening oh, gosh, because right. again, like in our podcast on the habit, there's positive responses and negative responses. And we, uh, clearly we stand out in it. So how are we going to handle ourselves in the situations? How are we going to take the good and the bad?
0: Right, and so in that case, you sat in this tension in this moment, and it just takes time. you didn't have a clear answer. I remember when we were talking about it the other night; it was just kind of processing still, and just saying like you know, it was just kind of an intense interaction. But the reality that I think what we found talking about this is, well, tension's just going to be there in our lives, and so we've got to look at how do we respond to tension. It's not a bad thing. Stress is one thing that's bad, but tension there are going to be moments of tension in our lives and how can we respond to it because in this sense at the end of that short interaction it sounded like long term basically there's transformative power for both you and this woman in it in different ways because Mm -hmm. we allow it just to transform us in a positive way how can we learn from this where's the good and the bad and how can i be transformed by growing that understanding
1: yeah i think tensions are opportunities for growth Mm -hmm. right yeah it's it's, (laughs) Either I deny the tension and just remain in this static place, this nothingness, or I say, how do I respond to this tension Mm -hmm. in a positive, hopefully positive way?
0: Yeah. We both have talked about, you know, there are also moments within the church itself, within people where we do have assumed shared beliefs, and tension will still happen there, right?
1: Right, because, like, being at the University of Chicago— where this play was taking place, it's very secular. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of looks. I mean, you get a lot of looks in Catholic circles, Mm -hmm. but here it was bewilderment of what is this man, right? Right, right. Does (laughs) this person think he's the Pope? What's he getting (laughs) at? (laughs) Right, right. So so it's it's fair to say even in Catholic circles, these tensions exist.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Within the church itself, one tension that started to creep in for me was actually in this trip back to Platteville. So at this event, there was a mass before we had this program honoring vocations that had come out of this parish, my home parish. And I was going to help serve at the mass. And the there's another religious community there, actually, that minister at the parish there, the Society of Jesus Christ the Priest. And we as Norbertines really value liturgy and make sure that we put a lot of time and attention into having well-formed liturgy it's the same for this community as well this society but we do it differently and so i was aware of that before going back like okay there are certain things that i know they'll do that i'm not as familiar with there are certain traditions that they do that i don't see daily in mass so it's easy for me and my head to get worked up like okay i'm going to be server i have to do this right i don't want them to think that i'm not (laughs) i'm not catholic enough or you know like just the strange inner voices that start to build up in moments of tension or we anticipate that there might be a little bit of tension And so when I got to the parish, I got to meet the the priest who would be presiding, and we had a lovely conversation. He had actually been at St. Norbert Parish in Roxbury, Wisconsin, before coming to Platteville, so he knew the Norbertines, so we bonded over that right away. He had very nice things to say, so that was wonderful. We walked through how the Mass was going to go, and luckily the other seminarian has served at this parish growing up in Platteville recently. So he knows all of how things work. So we had a chance to talk, walk through things. So that all worked out fine. So in this case, the tension, you know, was initially created. It's concern of what if things don't go right or what if I do something wrong. And we're ultimately all on the same team celebrating Mass together. It's Mm -hmm. a good reason to be together. And so the Mass was just fine. For me, the transformation basically was in helping the perfectionist side of me just let go and recognize Hey, we're not going to be looking for each other's mistakes, and we can learn with one another to grow together. That's just the part of our church, and we're all doing this as a part of glorifying God. And there Mm -hmm. are similarities, ways to transform and just learning that we all worship, and it might look a little bit different physically at times, but at the heart of it is transformation, is worship.
1: And I think it's important to have the recognition that there are many ways to celebrate our faith, but a problem exists when we think it's the only way, Mm -hmm. that this is the right way to celebrate liturgy, which can be a tension on so many levels in so many different parishes, where it's like, rather than just recognizing, isn't it beautiful, this is the way this parish celebrates, or that we celebrate, or that we're able to celebrate together, Mm -hmm. even though it may look
0: different. Yeah, absolutely. There's more than one right way.
1: Mm -hmm. You mentioning going back to Platteville and experiencing a different... Um, living out of the Catholic faith. I can recall preparing for the baptism at the Church of the Epiphany in Minnesota for my cousin's son, just going online on the parish's website and seeing a presentation by one of their priests who was in a black cassock. And initially, I had these presuppositions of, oh my, this is a very traditional parish. Like, immediately just in the way that the priest was dressed. It stirred up emotions in me, almost a panic of, I'm going here for my first baptism, and what if I do things wrong, and this priest is wearing a cassock, and am I going to live up to his expectations? There was a fear going on within me, and when I was there, it was a very traditional parish. And so Being there for Mass and then looking at after Mass, celebrating a baptism, and just having different backgrounds liturgically, it made me very nervous. But also being there for Mass, I appreciated the beauty in which they celebrated the Mass, even though it was different from my ordinary context. Mm -hmm. And I think just being able to let go of my biases and presuppositions um, allowed me to more fully enter into the mystery of the celebration.
0: Hmm. Oh wow that's a really beautiful way to say it at the end there.
1: I think tension can go two ways in that on one hand in not being open you say I have it right and therefore these people or this person has it all wrong mm-hmm. right and you totally shut down the conversation. What I experienced from this like the anxiety building up to this baptism with my presupposition of a more traditional parish that you know is in part of my context is this feeling of inadequacy which which is also very very dangerous so in this tension in what one believes there's this being open to the other and there's also this being able to stand firm in who I am and what I believe and I think this this is also a tension
0: mm mm-hmm. right and ultimately what you're saying to me points to the fact that this tension is rooted in identity I think we feel tension because our identity is being challenged. Like you graciously shared this challenge of inadequacy. I think that's actually quite common for a lot of people in the church, me as well. We need to be open to one another that there are going to be differences in ways. And don't look at it, like you said, as this all or nothing, there is only one right way to do things. Be okay with sitting in tension. And tension in this case doesn't mean anger or discomfort. It just means that we're not all insisting we have to agree that this is what we're doing, period, at least with the smaller things. Right,
1: there has to be some common beliefs,
0: but how it's celebrated
1: can take on different shapes and
0: and beauty. Right, different parts of the church, specifically how we interact with one another, to be Mm -hmm. okay with that the tension and to embrace those differences in identity.
1: And I think I mentioned, maybe I haven't, in, in other podcasts that one of my classes is on the Psalms, and I'm taking the class with a professor who is an Orthodox Jew dr simcovich and her insight and knowledge and passion for learning is so wonderful and beautiful Hmm. but there's also this tension there because we come from two different religious traditions me being roman catholic and her being jewish Mm -hmm. that we have to settle of living in the tension that we are not going to agree on all things but there's enough overlap for similarities So when we have discussions and dialogue in this online class, there's clearly things that we do not agree with. But are we willing to say, I see your point and where you're coming from, and I see beauty, truth, and goodness there?
0: Mm -hmm. And to Dr. Simcovich's credit, she, through her profession, is willing to basically daily sit in tension. (laughs) She is a professor at a Catholic institution, at Catholic Theological Union. So as an Orthodox Jew, she's sitting in that tension every single day. We go there and we can assume commonality with most of the people we talk with. We're all Catholic. And Mm -hmm. we can assume a lot of shared understandings. So thanks be to God that people like Dr. Simcovich are willing to be there and to teach so we can learn more about the Jewish faith because she's willing to sit in that tension and open up those conversations every day.
1: And her willingness to deal with my ignorance. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) unintentional (laughs) for all of us we have moments right yeah there is a beautiful verse as we were both talking about scripture and trying to look at where does this come up in scripture and we both agreed and really like when saint paul is writing to the romans in chapter 14 verse 19 saint paul writes let us then pursue what leads to peace and to building up one another and that actually is really norbertine i think true for a lot of religious communities because we talk about the mutual upbuilding of one another. You know, that's part of our rule of how we want to make sure that we're interacting with one another. So in these moments of tension, tension doesn't mean tearing down. Tension actually, properly ordered, becomes a moment of building up. Like you said at the beginning of this podcast, it's an opportunity to be transformed, to enter into mystery, to enter into getting to know one another, to find the good, the beautiful, the true, find where God is in that tension and let it transform us.
1: Yeah, I think the tension is, is so real in that being open to change, but also being willing to stand by your convictions. At my part, I have to be charitable to just say, I think this person is wanting what's best for society or for me. And even though I disagree what they think is best, I have to be open to at least recognizing that their intentions are good. We need to enter into a dialogue Of maybe i need to change maybe they need to change but how am i continually discerning the will of god in my life
0: Hmm. amen put it in the most charitable light possible and keep discerning god's will together yeah if you want to learn more about the podcast go to www.novertines.org click on the podcast tab and we'd love to hear from you if you want to get in touch with us click on contact podcast team you can also
1: find us on itunes make sure to subscribe Leave us a review and a rating. You can also find us on Facebook.
0: So like us and check out some of our stuff we share there.
1: As we continue to sit in the tensions in our own lives, may we discern more fully how God is working in our lives through others and being open to change but perhaps also being confident in our convictions and our beliefs and being willing to take a stand. And we pray in that spirit to Holy Father St. Norbert and Augustine. Pray Pray for for us. us.